We're going to be looking at truth out of uh, Acts 15, verses 36 to 41 in just a moment. But I, I want to begin this morning by sharing truth uh, uh, and sharing a story about two friends. And maybe you've have heard of them, you've read of them in God's Word, and, and, and maybe not. But it's a story of two friends named Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas. And they had an incredible relationship. Uh, Barnabas was a, a person who um, became saved, became a Christian in the early church. Uh, all counts indications, he grew immediately, matured, became a leader in the church. Was somebody who was a man of God and following Jesus Christ. And maybe you know um, Paul's beginning, formerly named Saul. He too became a leader in Judaism and began to uh, persecute the church with great zeal and zest for orthodoxy. He had a conversion experience. Maybe you know of that as well. God convicted him, blinded him on on a road to Damascus. It was an incredible story. Uh, He becomes blinded, and then he goes, and, and, and God speaks to him, and his life is changed. And he becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And having been um, well-schooled, a leader, a rising star in Judaism, he, he ends up, he has a lot of skills and gifts to offer. He goes to Jerusalem to meet up with apostles because he wants to join forces and offer what he has. Problem is, they're scared to death of him because they knew who he was. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. Enter Barnabas. Have you ever had that happen in your life where somebody comes alongside of you and befriends you and trusts you? That's what Barnabas did for Paul. He came alongside of him. Uh, We read about this in Acts 9. Uh, Befriended him, took him to the apostles and said, this is Paul, my friend. This is who I believe can, can help us as we continue to be the church moving forward. Well, that relationship, there's an initial meeting there. And then they go about their business serving God. We read in Acts 11, Barnabas is in Antioch. I wish I had a um, little map with me. But just follow my hands. So Jerusalem is about here. Antioch is about here, north of Jerusalem. Barnabas is up there. He's ministering. He, he needs help. So he thinks of Paul. So he goes, he finds Paul, who's up in Tarsus, his home, hometown, his stomping ground, brings him back down, and together they proclaim the gospel, they teach and they serve for over a year. And it's incredible. Great things happen. And their relationship, as you might imagine, working side by side, shoulder to shoulder, grows. They become good friends. And then something else happens after a full year. We read about this at the start of Acts 13. The church decides to send them off to be missionaries, to go and proclaim the gospel, plant churches, teach. So they do. They take off. And then we read about what it is that happens from Acts 13 to Acts 15. Incredible things. They experience some really hard things together. Think about that in life. And how that's happened when you went through a hard moment with somebody. 
and you merge out the other side. Good things happen. You grow together in that relationship. Going through adversity does that. And man, they face some really hard times. They, they date, uh, dealt with, with a sorcerer, somebody who was dealing with a cult, a very powerful individual. They dealt with being arrested, persecuted. They dealt with being beaten, stoned, almost killed. They went through all of that together. And they also experienced some very incredible and amazing things. They saw lives changed, transformed, churches planted, people accepting Jesus Christ. They saw God work miracles through them, healings, profound healings. You can read all about it, Acts 13 to 15. And in the process, whenever you read about inseparable, wherever Paul was, there was Barnabas. Wherever Barnabas was, there was Paul. A great great relationship between two friends and you go through those things in life you know this experiencing those kinds of moments the good the bad without growing closer you might say they were best friends in Jesus and then they hit a a bump And that's where we're going to pick up this story in Acts 15, verses 36 to 41. I encourage you to read along with me. But as you do, I want you to think about your relationships, about the people that are close to you, maybe past people and some of the disagreements you've had with them, maybe present tense. Because there's some incredible truth that we can glean out of this as we look to the future. And we're going to do that, looking at it in terms of of individual followers of Jesus, but then also who we are together in Jesus Christ. So open up your heart and receive truth from Acts 15, verses 36 to 41. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers and sisters in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Caesarea, strengthening the churches. This is the word of God. Might it be written on our hearts and lived in our lives. Now, it might not seem like there is a, a whole lot there, but I would submit to you there's a lot, and a lot about who we can be and what happens in terms of disagreements, and that's certainly one that Paul and Barnabas had. We read it was a sharp disagreement in verse 39. And so I want to look at a couple of realities um, about sharp disagreements that can lead to a parting of ways. They had already determined what it is that they were going to do in the future, both of them. We read that in verse 36, right? Paul goes to Barnabas and says, hey, let's go back to the churches 
and, and work and serve and see what happens. And, and there's a lot there. I mean, certainly it was about seeing where they're at, some evaluation, but also continued a new ministry as well. And they had agreed to do that. But, but then they hit a snag of disagreement. And, and at first value, or at first glance, excuse me, it might appear that, that the disagreement was all about who they would do it with, right? Barnabas wants to take John Mark. Paul doesn't think it's wise. And there's a tremendous thing that we can, that we can learn about this, and that's the first reality, is, is having disagreement that's rooted in purpose. Have you ever had a situation like that where, where you have had plans and you were thinking about things in the future, and I hope and trust, and the thing that I want you to really think about this morning is plans in terms of your relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope that's what guides your life. You're always thinking about who it is that God created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be, and that's the steps that you're taking to fulfill that. Because in the world in which we live in, often that takes a back seat, right? Let's just be honest. But they were both focused on that. Who are we going to be in Jesus? What are we going to do for the Lord and they hit a disagreement. And again, we could think it's about John Mark, right? It's not. Look a little closer. See, see Paul doesn't think it's wise to take him. And I, I want you to think about that. Why? Because he is focused on what it is that he sees, what he envisions being able to do for the Lord. And things didn't work out so great last time John Mark was with them. And so I can only envision, based on personal experiences, what that might have looked like for Barnabas and Paul. I mean, you can do that, right? Haven't you ever had a situation where things haven't worked out? And in this case, we read that John Mark deserted them. So they were in the midst of doing work, and he takes off. Have you ever had a situation where that's occurred, and how did that make you feel? I remember going all the way back to school, so if you're, you're a middle schooler or a high schooler, maybe you can relate to that. I don't know if they do it anymore. Do you do group projects? So I, we had, I remember often having a group project, and everybody's assigned a part, right? Boom, boom, boom. And then what happens is you start getting into the project, and somebody just isn't doing it. They're bailing. And everybody else is getting frustrated, and they go, and maybe they talk to the teacher or something like that. doesn't matter. person is not doing their serious. You divvy it up, boom, boom, boom. What happens? Other people, you're working through the frustration and the anger of all of that. You work through it, and then you, you basically, maybe to save the day, I remember this a number of times, you, you pick up the slack, you do the extra work, and you get the project completed. Maybe you've done that at work. Somebody just desires to be unaccountable. They don't do what they're supposed to do. And what happens? You have to pick up the slack. It's a frustrating and a hard thing. Maybe you've experienced that in all places, church. See, there's a lot of things that happen in the midst of that that are very difficult to deal with. And Paul is focused as a man of God. He's focused on the purposes and the plans that are ahead of him. And so, and so he says, I, I just don't think it's wise. I'm, I'm not going there. That happened last time. You remember, Barnabas, what happened. 
So I would prefer, and and I'm not going to take John Mark with me. Barnabas disagrees. I mean, he already displayed part of what is in his heart, right, when he befriended Paul. He has the same thing going on here with John Mark. He wants to give him a second chance, grace. That's good. That's great. That's part of his ministry. He, he, he wants to go and indeed strengthen the churches as well, but he wants to take John Mark with him. So I want to ask you this question. Who was wrong? Neither. See, the point is their disagreement was rooted in purpose. And so the reality and the thing that I want you to think about and walk away from, if your purposes and your plans are right, you can disagree and you can part ways. I think that's an important thing to remember. Because we're never going to agree with people 100% of the time. I mean, Betty and I come, we're about 99%. You can agree a lot. But there are times when you don't. And here's something that's really, really important to remember. And I deal with conflict a lot. Do counseling with people who disagree in marital counseling. And you know what I've discovered over the course of years and all kinds of experiences? Usually people have the wrong idea about what it means to move forward and for the wrong reasons. They're rooted in either winning or they're rooted in being right. I want you to think about your own disagreements and your own conflicts. What has been your purpose moving forward? Was it to be right? Was it to win? See, it makes us think about disagreements and who we are in the midst of them. And it's closely related to the second reality. So so I want to submit to you, when you think about this, and you see that they parted their ways, remember that it was for a purpose, and it was for, for honoring God. It's okay sometimes, because we have, we have friends, we have people that, that we have relationships with, but their plans in terms of who they're going to be in the future don't match up with ours. And if ours are rooted in, in, in wanting to honor God, serve and follow, have a right relationship with him, praise the Lord, that's the most important thing. Now, now, a close related to that is, is, is number two, a, a reality that I hope that you think about, and that is that the disagreement doesn't make you enemies. Now, again, they're all related, and this is related to if you think about what I, what I just shared about truth. If you're going to, to win and to be right, you can make enemies. And oftentimes, people that have that mindset and that mentality about who it is that they're going to be in the midst of the disagreement will trample on anybody and do anything they want to get their way to be right to win. That's not in God's plans. And it wasn't in plans for Paul and Barnabas. They part ways, but they're not enemies. How do we know this? Because we we read further in other parts of Scripture about the relationship later. And I would submit to even John Mark, if you would read 2 Timothy 4 and, and, and Philemon, it's one chapter, he mentions John Mark later. Apparently, Barnabas's grace had worked great, and John Mark matures. 
And Paul mentions of him that he is useful in ministry. Let's go get him. And, and so Paul, that shows too that Paul didn't say, hey, he's my enemy. Not so. We really struggle with that. Why? I would submit to you in part because of the world we live in. It's gotten to the point today, I'm just being blunt, dirt, honest, that if you disagree, suddenly you are evil and wicked. We can't disagree with anybody anymore without becoming their number one enemy. Why? See, and as followers of Jesus Christ, it behooves us to learn what was evidenced here. We can move forward. There'll be a change in our relationship, but we're not the enemies. We know who the enemy is. There's only one. His name is Satan. And it grieves my heart sometimes when there's the parting of ways, and all of a sudden there, there's this caustic, volatile, mean hostility that emerges out of the parting of ways simply because somebody had in their heart and in their mind something other than the plans of Jesus and they didn't recognize that who it is, especially in the church, a brother or sister in Jesus Christ is not the enemy. We're knit together in the heart. Brothers and sisters in Jesus. Is that not true? I want you to think about that in terms of, of disagreement. It may be even parting of way. What is real and true about who it is that we're called to be? And I would suggest to you, for a right witness, we need to be. There is so much that we can teach the world in this moment a finger pointing, a blame gaming, and of hostility and division. We can demonstrate that we can disagree and still be friends. We can disagree and still be brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We don't need to make other people the enemy because they're not. They're not. And that's something that I will submit to you is going to move on, but that has been a very painful thing for me in ministry. It's suddenly because I chose to focus on God's plans and purposes. And part of that, by the way, is holding people accountable. And we can't, we can't control other people, right? They're going to make their choices. They're going to, going to be who it is that they're going to be. We can hold accountable to living in a right relationship with Jesus Christ and what that means and what that looks like. And at times when I've chosen to do that and live out truth, I become the enemy. And so have you. It's not pain, it's pain, it's hard, it's not easy. But it's the right thing. Last one. And this is something I think is really important to, to recognize if you're in a situation where you're wondering about parting ways. Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's another relationship. Again, I hope it's rooted in purpose. But, but he, he, listen to this. It, it's a new, 
The reality that comes out of disagreements and parting ways, the third reality is it can lead to a new journey, a new day, and blessings by God. Sometimes in the midst of toxic or harmful relationships, the fears are what's going to happen. And we wonder about who it is that, that we can be in the midst of moving forward. Strong friendships, when they go south, sometimes lead to a lot of pain and heartache. We know that. That's true. But God wants to assure you. He wants to comfort you. He wants you to look and see something different and new. That's tied to purpose again, right? If you have it in your heart to honor Him, and there's a struggle with that relationally, You will never go wrong by seeking to honor God. Never. And he will bring you to a new place. He'll bring you to new relationships. He'll pick up your feet and help you walk. And it will be a new journey and it will be a new day. And he will bring blessings. You read about that in our word. Did you catch the last part of verse 41? What does it say? Paul left, he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. See that right at the end. You know where Barnabas went. So just pretend there's a map up here again. Here they are in Antioch. Barnabas leaves, goes west to the island of Cyprus, and then he heads north into Greece and Italy, that area. And he works and serves in the churches. All kinds of good and great things happen. Paul leaves. He doesn't sail. He goes by land. He goes up through the area of Syria, Damascus, went into churches. He ends up north as well. But because they both had their hearts riveted on purpose and serving God, guess what? Incredible things happen. Sometimes we, we struggle with that and we wonder again, you know, we, we have a lot of fears and thoughts about what it means to, to separate and go different ways and, and, and we wonder if we can do it without our, our friend or somebody that we've counted or relied on a lot. Guess what? If your heart is riveted in God, the one who's going to take you through all of eternity is going to help you walk this new journey, experience new days and new rich and deep blessings. I think that's really important to hold on to. And I think about that individually in terms of personal relationships. You know, I've always said one of the hardest things about being in my shoes are the people sometimes that you have to leave behind. It doesn't mean I stop being friends with them. It doesn't mean that I ceased a relationship, but the reality is the relationship changed. Why? Because now I'm blessed to be serving here at Rehoboth. And I can go on and on back through ministry. A new journey, a new day, new blessings. And and I hope we remember that and we think about that. When we think about disagreements and parting of ways with people in our hearts and in our lives. It's true for us as individual followers of Jesus Christ And it certainly is true for us as a body of Jesus Christ. So here's, I'm going to shift a little bit. I hope that you've been able to take truth 
certain realities and process that as an individual follower of Jesus. But now I want to focus on the, on the body of Christ for just a moment. Because we, we are a, a church, and certainly um, I, I believe it's true for everyone, maybe not, but there are, are disagreements that exist in our relationship with the Reformed Church of America. This is um, something that has been happening and going on for 40-some years. It's hit a, a new level over the last 10 and over the last five. And, and the relationships uh, have been fruitful over the years, led to a lot of, of impacting of kingdom and fruit. This church has been a, a ref, in the Reformed Church of America since it was organized, 132 years a lot of good things have happened over those 132 years. But the reality exists that there is a sharp disagreement, and it's rooted in purpose. And it's one of the things I think is important to clear up right off the top, because there are a lot who have made it about the who, and it's not about the who. It is about honoring the Word of God, it is about understanding truth as it's shared without change, the inerrancy of Scripture and fallibility of God's Word as a guiding truth and absolute truth in our lives. And it's about accountability, keeping people and calling people with God's love, full of grace and full of truth, into a right relationship with the Lord. That's not happening. See, there are some who have decided to reinterpret Scripture as it relates to sexual identity. And there's some who, who, who have, despite being in covenant with the church called the RCA, they've decided they don't need to follow the rules. They can do whatever they want. They don't need to pay attention to the Word of God. I'm being honest. And so the charge has come sometimes for, for churches that are saying, or pastors, who say, I disagree with how you're interpreting Scripture. I disagree with how you're being accountable to the covenant and the promises that you have made. Make it about the who. And I've been told to my face that, that I would not welcome somebody I would not accept or I would not love somebody who struggled with their sexual identity. I have a story. That's not true. And the only time I've ever gotten angry, I think I've been able to maintain my Christian witness in all of this. But I asked somebody in a very angry tone, how, how can you, how do you have the audacity and the guts to look inside of my heart and tell me what I think and how I love? You don't know me. You don't know my story. And I welcome anybody. And we'll accept them, not in terms of condoning their lifestyle and the choices they're making. And I will love them in Jesus Christ enough to do very hard things. See, it's not about the who moving forward. It's about the purpose. So there's disagreements that exist 
And that's already been affirmed by the body of Jesus Christ at some of the informational gatherings and with the spiritual leadership. And I would submit to you that it's important to recognize the truth that was already shared, and that is that there can be a new journey, a new day, and new blessings as we continue to move forward. And I share that with you because the the time is right to let you know that the consistory is going to be recommending to you as a body of Jesus Christ to leave the Reformed Church of America and partner with a new emerging denomination called ARC. And we have, um, if you've been to uh, any of the congregational informational gatherings, you're aware of what this body is. I will submit to you there's going to be a lot more information that's going to come down the pipe, a lot more things that you're going to hear and that you're going to learn about. Um, And and as is the case in all things, it's uh, hard and difficult. Uh, This was reached um, with a lot of prayer and discernment. So over two years' worth in earnest since the last congregational gathering in May, nine months, that was what was given as a charge to the spiritual leadership. Pray, pray, pray. Learn, learn, learn. No, no, no. Seek God's leading. And that's what they've arrived at. So now there will be more informational gatherings. If you're not aware of um, the situations in terms of the disagreements in earnest, you can hear and learn more about that. If you're not aware of who Ark is, you're going to be able to learn more about that. But I would submit to you that the spiritual leadership has discerned that it's time for a new journey, a new day, to continue to experience the blessings and the spiritual fruit that God can bring. And I want to tell you that I commend them for that as hard and as difficult as it might be and as it will be if you, the body of Jesus Christ, discerns that. But at some point, when we're talking about purpose, that has to trump all things. Who are we going to be as followers of Jesus Christ together? Are we going to be in a right relationship with the Lord or not? And we're talking about reinterpretation of Scripture And there's all kinds of things that go along with that in terms of a a right witness, keeping people accountable to who they said they would be. There's all kinds of of ripple effects out of that. But it's all about honoring God and and wanting to serve Him and live out His Word according to His truth. Plain and simple. that's, That's the bottom line. And they've decided to be faithful to that and faith-filled by making that recommendation. Just by way of information, there's a couple of things that they need to do in terms of process before they ask you to vote on that. They have to submit according to the Reformed Church of America's polity and their process. The leadership has to submit a petition to withdraw, and they also have to seek reception into. It doesn't mean that they've made that decision. It's part of the process. It's what they have to do to reach and get to a point where they can put that vote before you. So if you, you, you hear about that or you read about that, it, it's all part of the process. And, and you are going to continue to be well-informed. And ultimately, the vote will rest on this body of Jesus Christ, whether or not. It's only a recommendation that's going to come from the spiritual leadership. 
for you to discern and decide if that's the choice that you believe is best for us as we fulfill our purposes. Which is, once again, do you remember? Winning people for Christ and equipping them to serve. I, I personally have already made that choice. So I've decided to leave the denomination. I'm going to do that as soon as the right tools are in place for me to do so. Um, shouldn't impact um, my relationship with this church. Um, I guess that'd be up to the leadership, but that's a choice that I've made. I feel like I can't in, in a right relationship with God to continue to love people as they ought to when it includes recognizing and condoning and accepting the practice of, of same-sex marriage and homosexuality. Can't do it. I, God's Word speaks into it. I'm going to love anybody that's there. And I've demonstrated that in my own personal life as well. And I'm going to come alongside them and do what I can to help. And, and I have to be true to the Word of God. So that's where I'm at. We'll see where the body of Jesus Christ is. But I share that with you to know. And the one thing that I would submit to you, this one of the questions that has come up. And so I would direct you back to that last part of verse 41. He went through Syria and Sicilia strengthening the churches. And, and you can read um, Paul's missionary journeys are well documented. There were incredible and deep rich blessings. The church was impacted. The kingdom was impacted in a huge and a great way. I can't imagine how hard it was for him as he was going through that process and he would think about Barnabas. And you think about the times that they shared together and the things that he missed about his dear friend. That's going to be true for me and maybe true for all of us. But the reality is, if, if you are focused, if you're faithful to who it is that God has created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be, and if you have in his heart his plans and his purposes, he is going to bless you. He will honor the fact that you're striving and desiring to honor him. And there will be fruit, and it will taste great. Parting ways is hard. Disagreements are hard. Doesn't make people enemies. Maybe sometimes it really helps us sharpen an understanding of who we truly are. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I give you all the glory, praise, and honor. Well, there are times in our lives personally where we've experienced disagreement that's led to a parting of ways, and it's, it's painful. God, we don't like it. We don't want to go through it. And yet at times, O oh Lord, we know it's what's best, especially, O oh Lord, if we want to honor you. And we pray that in those moments that you'll guard our hearts and minds. Lord, that will be people that represent and honor you. Oh, Lord, we won't be mean and embitter. We won't be hostile. We won't be caustic. 
won't seek or seek to trample and destroy those that we have disagreements with. But instead, oh God, we'll keep our eyes focused on you and your purposes for us, your plans. We'd be faithful to that and we'd be faith-filled in that. And we know that there's a new day ahead, a great day as we walk a new journey in life. A different journey changed because our relationships have changed. But a day that you'll pour your presence into and bring fruit and harvest and an impact. Help us to envision such a day in our personal lives and as a body of Jesus Christ called Rehoboth. Thanks for your glory and your honor. And with trust in your leading, we pray. Amen.